everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I am your head coach from Grace Financial Coaching. And it is my privilege today to welcome Cody Sizemore of Sizemore Financial Coaching. How are you doing today, Cody? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Good. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit more about your background. Cody is a master financial coach and former Financial Peace University coordinator trained by both Ramsey Solutions and New Money Habits. Cody has uh, helped his clients gain control of their finances and gets to the deep-rooted mental and emotional aspects of money, uh, which we know can be very difficult. Uh, Cody helps elevate his clients to their true potential, strengthening couples' marriages, and most importantly, providing hope. That is a lot, Cody. Tell us more about your coaching business. Yeah, so um, I started my coaching practice, uh, it was June of 2020, so almost a year and a half now. Um, and like I said before that, um, you know, I was a FPU coordinator as well. Um, but, you know, ever since starting this, this uh, coaching practice, it's just been like the best, the biggest blessing that has ever happened to me. Um, I've never done work this fulfilling and that's made like this much of an impact. So um, it's been great. Um, and I help, you know, a ton of different types of people, but um, the people that I love helping are driven millennials who are just like ready to take charge and, uh, you know, get out of debt and, you know, finally like have that chance to like actually live their life in the purpose that they were supposed to. Cause I do believe that we're all put on this earth to, for a purpose. And I know from personal experience that money can hold people back from that. So it's a pretty big deal for me to help people get beyond that so they can actually start living that life. That's great. And I think it's important to point out that the definition of millennial is not uh, the people still coming out of college, right? We're talking no. really more, I think it's uh, demographics tell us it's like very, very late 70s. Sometimes some people say it's early 80s. So these are people who are approaching 40, 41, 35, 37 years old. Yeah, I would say um, it's basically anyone between the ages of like, on the on the younger side, I would say maybe like 24 to 23. And on the older side, like early 40s, you know, like right. 41, 42, 43, yeah. more than that. I know my husband still falls into, into the, technically falls into the millennial category most of the time. Mm -hmm. And he just turned 40. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, so, those, those quote unquote elder millennials are always like, I'm not a millennial. I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. But you know what? I don't want to get lumped in with Generation X either. So. Right. Right. <laughs> It's it's one or the other, right? Pick your poison. So yes, yeah. what are you, um, I really wanted to focus on the part where you help strengthen couples marriages because mm -hmm. money is so damaging to a relationship if it's yeah. not being handled properly. So what are some of the, give us an example of someone you worked with or some, what are the things that you have seen um, that you've been able to help married couples work through? Yeah, well, I think a couple of the most common things are, one is that, um, you know, a lot of couples just don't have their money combined. Um, and, you know, sometimes it works well for people to do that way. But I found that generally speaking, when couples work together with their finances and they actually work as a team, then that automatically strengthens their marriage as well. Um, so that's one thing, you know, and like people, when, when that happens, 
There's no communication. There's no like team aspect. It doesn't feel like you guys are building something together. Um, and even sometimes there's things that happen behind closed doors that, you know, maybe the other person wouldn't necessarily agree with, you know, um, and that kind of secrecy can really be damaging. So helping people just like realize like, Hey, like you guys are married, you know, like let's work as a team. Um, I would say, I don't think I've ever had a time where people have combined uh, uh, finances as a married couple that they've ever regretted it. And like, you know, things have gone bad, you know? Um, so that's one thing. And then another, another area too, is just that, you know, maybe their finances are combined, but they're just so out of whack. Um, or like, you know, they, they really just, they're trying their best, but they're not sure what to do or how to do it or when to do it. And that, that lack of direction and that lack of clarity really brings a lot of stress on both of the partner's shoulders, which then seeps over into other areas of their marriage too. So just helping them get those things on track and in a better shape, it, it affects their communication. It affects their love life. I mean, it affects a lot. Of, I mean, even their family and their kids, you know, um, it affects a lot. And seeing that kind of transformation with not only individuals, but also married couples is just an amazing thing to see. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is so stressful. And you and I know that that money fights and issues are one of the top reasons for divorce uh, in our culture. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but I don't think I still don't know that that really translates to people realizing, man, this is one of the top things in my marriage that we're going to have to we're going to have to deal with. You know, we always think of dealing with the in-laws and dealing with the kids and, right. Right. <laughs> and personality differences and emptiness syndrome and stuff like that. And, and it's not necessarily, it's, it, we, we kind of, all of those things are actually touched by our money, right? So our money touches everything. Uh, but we don't always think of our finances as one of the top three things we need to keep straight in our marriage relationship. Yeah. I always tell people that, you know, money is not everything, but money does affect everything. Yes. Whether we like it or not, it's just one of those things. It's like, Hey, that's the reality of it. And the sooner that you can realize that, and the sooner you can get things under control, the sooner things are going to be better. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Cody, my show was created to help people that we uh, realize we all make financial mistakes, even though we may be the experts now, we weren't always. So I would love for you to share one of your financial blunders for your past and tell us what you feel is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money. Yeah. So, I mean... I've done some pretty stupid things, um, but I think that the the biggest thing with the largest price tag um, was when I took out student loans and I went to college for a couple of years. Um, and the reason that this is in a mistake for me personally is not simply just because I took out student loans, but it was because of the way I went about it. Um, so as I graduated high school, I didn't really have like a plan I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. I just knew that most people were going to college and I knew that's what my parents wanted me to do. So that's what I did. Um, and I just went to college and I was like, what do I want to do? So I just took, you know, just random classes and everything. And I tried it out and, you know, I went for two years. And um, by the end of that two years, man, I, I, it was like, I was, I was like a walking zombie oh. on, on campus. Like it was just really draining a lot from me because I didn't know, I didn't feel like anything that the college had to offer was something that I like was interested in, something that I was passionate about. 
Um, even like the the campus itself, it just was not like a very inviting campus either. Um, mm. and it was just very draining. Um, and because of that, you know, I racked up uh, over $20,000 with the student loans. And oh, I, was, boy. I was working a job making $9 an hour. So I was like, how am I ever going to pay for these? You know, and um, I ended up just dropping out. Right. Um, not not for lack of like, hey, I I couldn't do college or or anything like that. It was just a lack of like, I just wasn't interested in it. Um, and I think that the mistake lies within a couple couple things. One is that I just did what I thought I was supposed to. Right. You know, and I didn't I didn't listen to my heart. I didn't listen to my gut. Um, and because of that, you know, I had to pay off a twenty thousand dollar price tag for really no reason. Mm. Um, because I'm not using any, you know, anything that I quote unquote learned in college while I was there, I don't actually use now. Um, <laughs> I like so, how it's quote unquote learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's one reason. But then another thing too, is that when I did go to college, I also did what everybody else was doing. And I went to a big university, you know, and, and like, that was a mistake too. Like I didn't need to invest all of that money just because it was the big shiny school. You know, especially if I didn't know what I wanted to do or, you know, something like that. I definitely should have went to a community college to test the waters. Yes. Um, I definitely should have, like, you know, tried a little bit harder to to make those, um, you know, those uh, scholarships or grants or anything like that. I, you know, I was not interested in college so much that, like, even putting in the work for that was just like, yeah, I'm not interested. Um, so, so looking I messed back at your 17, 18 year old Cody self, <laughs> mm -hmm. what do you think, you know, I think so much pressure is put on, like I said, those 17, 18 year olds who have to decide, oh my gosh, I'm picking a four-year university. I'm going to have to go in and say, this is what I think I'm going to major in. Um, what did you think when you were 17, 18, that you would actually end up using the college degree for? Did you have any inclination? Not necessarily. The only thing that I knew was that um, I loved music. So, you know, I, I played in a band at the time um, and I was booking concerts for a job at, at the time as well. I, I was actually like just starting. So I was kind of shadowing someone. And then I later on um, moved up years down the road. Um, but, you know, I went to college and my major was was just general business. OK. You know? and, and that was just because I was like, OK, well, that's something that I know is very broad and I could use in a lot of different ways. So I might as well start there and then kind of narrow it down as things progress. But the, the thing is, is that like things just never progressed. Right. You know? Right. So. Yeah. You actually had a little bit more direction than I did at age 17 walking into college, which was, I thought I was going into education and junior year I changed over to business. And I yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am not teaching other people's kids. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> So what do you, you mentioned community college. Um, if you could go back and you could go to community college, you know, pick something local, obviously you don't, you don't stay on, on site at community colleges. What do you think you would have taken with that? Do you think you would have stopped at two years? Do you think you would have continued? What, what kind of opportunity do you think community college would have given you that we didn't, that neither you or I got because we went straight into a four-year college? Yeah. Well, if I could have gone back to when I graduated high school, um, I think that the very first thing that I would do differently is I would take a year to just like decide what I want to do or try something out. 
you know, um, like I said, I was, I was playing music at that time. I was trying to learn the concert industry as well. And I think that if I would have taken that time to actually like invest myself into that, that I could have gone further. Um, and I went, I went decently far with the, with the concert industry as well. Um, even with going into, into college, but, um, after that, you know, I think that I probably might have seen some value in, in going back to college. And if I did choose to go to a community college, I think that it makes sense to go for like the first two years for sure. Um, and then maybe switch to university if you feel like super excited and you're very invested and, and you know, this, this university has like a program that's really good, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, I think that community college is a, is a good thing overall. You know, I think that, that, that people have like a, a negative stigma towards it, which I think, oh, yeah. is, you know, I, I don't think it's necessary. Um, because when's the last time that you went to the doctor's office and you asked them where they went to school, you know, like never, you know, like in, in no one really cares. They, they, they just care that you know what you're doing and that you can get them results. You know, that's so funny that you say that because the only time I've ever actually commented on like a doctor's diploma that was sitting on the wall was because mm -hmm. the doctor had done his undergrad at the same place my sister had done her undergrad. And so, so I didn't even, I didn't even care where he went to medical school. I was like, Oh, my sister went to that school. And we didn't talk about his degree. We didn't yeah. talk about all the years he spent in medical school. We talked about where he would have hung out at that university. And that's how, where my sister used to hang out at that university. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and the only reason you even brought that up is because you had that personal connection. You know, if it was someone else, they'd be like, Oh, cool. There's some diplomas. Right, right, right. Yeah. What does that say? It's all fancy script on the wall, whatever. He graduated from somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you tell, you have a, um, you kind of have a cautionary tale to tell your clients, whether they're, you know, um, thinking about going back to grad school if they're 22, 24 years old, um, or they're parents of somebody who's about to go into college. So what kind of, with this experience that you've personally had, what do you, how do you take that and translate that to assist your clients? Yeah. So I, I first want to set the record straight and just say that I am by no means anti-college. I think, I think that college is a great thing. Um, and I think that's a great thing for people that, uh, it makes sense for, you know, so those teachers, those engineers, those nurses, you know, those lawyers, you know, people like that, I think that college is a great thing. And it's a necessary thing, right? Um, but there is, I just believe that it's not like the only way for success. And I think that for a long time, up until probably the last like, five to 10 years or so, um, that was very much painted to young kids um, who were getting out of high school that like, hey, if you don't go to college, you're not going to succeed. Um, I know that I know that I felt that personally. I know that all of my friends who graduated with me felt that as well. And I know that that was a normal thing for a long time. And I think that now people are starting to realize that, yes, college is a good thing and it can be a good way to actually like, you know, make a great career. Um, but it can also be a, a way for people to get into college and get out with a degree that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have a great career you know, and they, right. and they're stuck with all that debt. And there's other ways to go without college that can provide those good careers and those good services, you know, and I just think that having those options and knowing that the options are on the table is something that's very important because I know that that wasn't something that I necessarily had. Now, my parents, they were looking out for the, the best for me. They had every good intention at heart. 
Um, and when I told them that I wanted to stop going to college, they supported me, you know, they oh. were, just, they were like, they're like, okay, well, we want you to stay in, but if this is what you want to do, we believe in you. And wow, that was awesome. that's really, yeah, that's a big deal because, uh, especially once we've invested that time and money into it, obviously the money was still going to have to get paid back later, but yeah. once we've invested X number of dollars and X amount of time for a parent to be able to say, okay, you know what? I, I support your decision that this might not be the path that you need to take. That's great. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I think the whole premise is, is like, you know, college can be an amazing thing, but it's not the only thing that can be amazing. And I think that just having that open mind and just like understanding that, hey, like there are so many different paths to success and so many different paths to happiness in life that there's not, you can't just like funnel everything into one place. Right. You know? And I think that as long as people understand that, then they can make the decision for themselves that is the best one that they feel. Yeah. I have uh, clients that I used to work with I, um, when we got to the point of them setting up uh, an account for their their daughter, who's only three or four at the time, uh, I said, okay, do we want to do a 529? What, do, you know, what do we want to do? This was one of the goals that they had while we worked together. And they were so adamant that they did not want to do a 529. They wanted mm. to do a completely separate brokerage account because they both felt like they had been pushed into college mm -hmm. and they didn't want to be the parents who felt who who made their child feel like they got pushed into college. They said, we're not even looking at a 529. We're going straight right. to a brokerage account. We're going to tell her this is how much money she's got. And if she decides to go into the military, if she, and they have you know no military in their family, if she decides to go into the military, if she decides to go to a trade school, you know, this money's going to be sitting there, but it's going to be sitting there for her to use at her discretion. And we're not going to say you have a 529. You have no choice but to go to college now. Good news yeah. is 529s are a lot more flexible these days, but they felt very strongly about that. So uh, yeah. there are options. I think sometimes parents think it's only the 529 or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, I have a first grader and I have a baby on the way as well. And I've talked to my wife about this exact same thing. And we've kind of decided that we're going to take the same approach. You know, we're going to we're going to put money aside for whether it be college or something else. But we're ultimately going to allow the, the child to decide what they want to do. You know, obviously we're, we're going to tell them like, Hey, if you want to go to college, that's awesome. Go to college because that could be a great thing. Now, if you do to go to college, don't make the same mistakes that I made, be smart about it. Um, but if you don't want to go to college, then there better be like a good, like plan in place, yeah. you know? Um, and that's fine too. And right. if you don't use this money for college, instead you want to use it for, you know, starting a business or for buying your first home or something like that, then that's totally fine because that money is not necessarily for college. It's for, to help you get your life started on, yes. the, on the best track, you know? Yes. And you and um, I both, um, uh, I know that you feel strongly about internships and mentors, mm -hmm. uh, and that can also, that money can sit there and, and, you know, I don't even think they have unpaid internships anymore, do they? But <laughs> few and far between. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So if if you know, if you're if you get an opportunity to do an apprenticeship or an internship and and it doesn't exactly pay the bills at age 18, 19, that can also be used for that as well too. I think that having that little pile of money can create opportunity to maybe push a child into the direction of, "Oh, I do want to go to college." But I didn't know that a year ago when I was 16 or 17. And now I have the ability to say I worked 
in an area, I interned in a certain field, and this is what I want to do, and they can take that path more confidently. Yeah, I think that it ultimately liberates them to like think critically, you know, and and make decisions there on their own. And it, you know, the last thing that I want to do as a parent is I want to push my child into a situation that maybe they don't feel is right for them or they're not passionate about. And then they look up 30 years down the road and they're like, what am I doing with my life? Why did I never do that? You know, like, I don't want that for my kids. Um, I would rather my kids fail at something and know that they tried than to get stuck in something that they don't want to do and wonder what if, you know? And, And I think that just like you as a parent to be able to do that for, for your children, to me, that speaks volumes because that's, that's you as the parent saying, Hey, I have faith in you and I believe in you. And I think that you are going to be great no matter what you do. You just need to do it, you know? Um, and if you tell people in your kids in particular, if you tell them you have to do this, otherwise all these bad things are going to happen. That's you indirectly telling them, Hey, if you don't do exactly what I tell you to do, you're going to fail. And I know that because I don't believe in you, you know, and that's just, that's not me as a parent. And I, and I think that kids need to understand that they have to believe in themselves. And when they have that self-belief, they're going to succeed. It's just, it's just human nature. Yeah. Yeah. That support system, having good parents behind you is invaluable. Cody, mm-hmm. tell our audience where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me anywhere at Sizemore Financial Coaching. Beautiful. Instagram, Facebook, all the good ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, Cody, thank you so much for joining us for Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. We loved having you. This was invaluable information. And I hope everyone will, uh, if, you did, if you're just tuning in, I saw a bunch of people coming in and coming out. If you didn't catch all of Cody's great advice, please make sure to check out the YouTube channel for Grace Financial Coaching so you can watch the replay. And we'll see you guys next Thursday. Thanks again, Cody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.